0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a cloudy day here in the capital, as once again, we ensure we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. My name is Scott Challoner, and I'm delighted to be joined on today's programme by Kieran Smith. Kieran is the CEO of Driver Require, a multi-award winning specialist driver recruitment agency based in Stevenage, Hertfordshire, with six regional branches. Kieran, very warm welcome to you, and thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us on the programme today.
1: Good morning, Scott, and it's a pleasure to be
0: with you. Good morning, Kieran. Real pleasure having you join us as well. Um, The purpose of this discussion, of course, is to establish your take on leadership. And I think it is fair to say, isn't it, that leadership is really being put to the test at the moment with the emergence of COVID-19, no less, and the need for business leaders, leaders of organisations, governments, to feel their way through what ultimately is an unprecedented crisis. Of course, for somebody working within your industry, how has it been navigating the last few weeks and months? Because I can imagine it has thrown up one or two very big challenges for you.
1: Well, it certainly has, Scott. Um, You know, we are a people business that um, um, basically provides people to people um, as a service. Um, So everything about us is is very much about the interaction with our customers, uh, between our our staff members and and those customers and and our drivers who we provide to our customers. And uh, essentially cutting us off uh, from face-to-face communication, made our job. Um, it's a number of challenges. Um, I mean, we were we were fortunate that we already had a, a lot of remote uh, working capability in place, that so we we actually transitioned quite quickly. To uh, working from home, which we had to do pretty much straight away as soon as we we understood what was happening with with the coronavirus. But uh, we had to obviously then tackle all of the health and safety issues and everything else for our for our drivers with our customers. And uh, from a leadership perspective, I you know um, because we are a people business, my my style is very people oriented. I would go around our different branches. Uh, I would um, get to each branch at least once every fortnight and normally once a week, and to be uh, suddenly um, imprisoned in my own house and unable to physically get to see my staff meant that I had to completely change my style from one of um, personal dynamic face-to-face energetic interaction to one of finding uh, another way of, of, of generating that energy that enthusiasm that motivation and aging how my staff feel from day to day because we also operate in a, a very stressful environment we offer essentially a twenty four hour you know twenty four seven service to our customers we have to respond immediately and and having our staff being motivated to to jump to it is, is an incredibly important thing and and being able to see how they're coping with that and that stress is also something that I normally do face to face so we immediately had to set up a, a lot of um, mechanisms primarily using uh, video conferencing zoom type calls um, and we put in place a whole raft of structured interaction to make sure that we we replaced that physical interaction with with a virtual interaction um, so we ended up with for example midday zoom calls what we call hangouts, which would for example, if you were to walk up to the coffee machine you know at work and you'd bump into someone that's exactly what that was people could could um, log into it and interact in a, in, a, in a casual basis, but then we'd also have formal. Meetings that we set up every morning. Um, we we uh, had a senior management team meeting that we, we engineered for every week, followed by a branch briefing, a branch manager briefing, again every week. And then we engineered other uh, uh, social activities such as a, a, a weekly quiz that we held every Thursday night. and We still hold um, to make sure that we again had that fun interaction to just you know sort of take some of the uh, the sting out of the um, you know the working from home. Um, so that was certainly a very, it was a challenging, um, thing to, to achieve. But I think we've done it actually and we, we've held the team together.
0: There've been some real challenges there, certainly, Kieran, it sounds, not just, of course, having to adapt to that sort of leadership from a distance, if you will, with the remote working side of things, but also um, with the uh, the mental health and being perspective, because that sort of yeah. lack of social interaction, which I think we've sort yeah. of taken for granted pre-pandemic, um, it's really raised the need for leaders to sort of not just look after their own mental health, but also that of those around them as well. And that's incredibly important, isn't it?
1: absolutely absolutely and and pre pandemic we were already developing um, a, a, a capability within our, our our organization to to um help and assist and, and handle and manage uh, you know mental health and welfare within the the company you know we've had steadily discovered and myself personally discovered you know um how challenging uh and, and damaging um you know um, it can be if 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 you on your own and unable to to really deal with with mental health um, challenges, it's the awareness that matters. So we had already put in place, for example, um, a mental health first data within the organisation and made that uh, that capability known to all staff. And it's surprising when we did that how many of our staff members actually came and 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 used that facility. Um, it, it it was a real eye opener to me and, and made me very aware that going into this crisis, we still need to be even more, uh, open to, you know, and, and aware of these sorts of issues. Um, we, um, circulated a, a mental health and well um, training, uh, course an online training course to all the staff asking them to, to undertake that so that that would give them some form of preparation for what, uh, you know, what they're about to sort of encounter and to be able to see the signs and then to, to raise those as you know, as necessary, with no stigma attached to that at all. And um, the other thing, I mean, just very simple, the, the Zoom calls, uh, for me, were really telling. Um, I would go on to all of the, the, the Zoom calls, especially the hangouts at lunchtime, and I'd see who wasn't there. Because the people who weren't there were the ones I needed to worry about. Um, they were the ones who were sort of retiring into their own into their own little zone. And then I would make a personal call into them and find out how they were. and. You Know just make sure, give them a bit of a boost. Um, the ones who were who did come onto the formal calls but looked haggard, distracted, disinterested, those are the ones again who I, I would be watching out for and, and interacting with to see if we could just make sure there wasn't anything, any deeper malaise, any and anything that was really underlying that. Um, so yeah, it's all about vigilance and then it's about support after that. Yeah,
0: certainly. And, um when we think about what the new normal is going to bring that everybody's talking about as we move through the pandemic and adjust to those new challenges, um, There's a lot of uncertainty about what that might bring with it, but um, yourselves at Driver Acquire have, of course, put together a report specifically about the UK haulage sector and um, a roadmap for how the the COVID pandemic is going to ultimately impact that. So just for those listeners who, um, unlike ourselves, haven't had a chance to read that report, perhaps we could talk about maybe some of the um, the findings that uh, came up there and the conclusions that it came to.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, We actually wrote this report uh, back at the beginning of April, uh, well, in fact, earlier, as soon as I went into this, uh, into the uh, COVID-19 crisis. I started doing my research to try and understand what was happening, to try to develop a a business strategy for ourselves to get through and to succeed and come out the other side, um, you know, kicking and alive, basically. And – I was shocked at the sheer amount of information and the amount of contradiction, or if not contradiction, just certainly the difference of opinions of all these so called pundits and experts. And I, I took it upon myself at that point. I thought, well, you know, if we really don't have a great deal of, of other work going on, because we had seen our, our uh, business uh, depleted by nearly 50%, um, I thought, well, why don't I actually sit down and try and? gain some clarity to this, try and see the wood for the trees and set about writing this report. Um, and the report basically starts out by looking at what has impacted the or how or what has been the impact on the haulage sector in in the lockdown. It then looks at what happened in the last recession, uh, in the Great Recession of 2008, when we saw a, a tremendous drop in, in the GDP and a consequent further drop, an exaggerated drop. In the haulage and um, storage uh, and distribution uh, employment, and we looked at where pundits were expecting um, the the GDP to go now, and interpreted from 2008 what might happen now. And we've come up with a view that there's going to be at least a three year recovery period during which time you know if we apply the same. Uh, rules or, let's say, uh, uh, conclusions that we derived from the 2008 recession, it took the haulage sector about one and a half years longer than the GDP to recover from the last recession. And Mm -hmm. it was two times deeper. So we're expecting to see the haulage sector and the uh, temporary labor market that's associated with it impacted uh, far more than the general employment sector. And that means that we're looking probably at a, in our sector, or in our particular area of LGV driving, we're looking at about a 10% drop in that workforce over the next two years. That's 30,000 fewer uh, positions for drivers, which in a way may be a blessing in disguise because there's been a lot of anecdotal evidence that, that we have a driver shortage. It's not really been proven today that it's been chronic, but certainly a drop of that magnitude will offset any any impending Driver shortage crisis, uh, but then again, we've got other challenges coming through as well. Now um, we've got IR35, which is legislation mm-hmm. coming coming through, going to be applied to the private sector in, in April next year, and that's almost certain now that David Davis's bill has been uh, been kicked into touch. Um, and then we've got Brexit, which is coming through. I know that some of that has now been softened a little bit from our side, but the Europeans are still taking a hard, you know, stance on that one. And, you know, there are other factors as well that are really interesting at play, and that is the the, the deferral of VAT. What's happened is, is that that has essentially um, uh, given what I would call sort of zombie companies, companies that are inherently unprofitable, the opportunity to carry on surviving on living off that deferred VAT. And there's going to come a, a period next year when we believe that there's going to be a real... Uh, crisis will suddenly arise when you've got the combination of IR35 going in in April, you've got Brexit at that point um, being rolled out over the first six months as the customs tariffs come in gradually over that six months, you've got the VAT deferral comes due at the end of March next year. So you put all those together with the Covid effect as well, and the shortage of well let's say the, the redundancy and, and and the employment you know the unemployment that results from it, and you end up with a very very depressing uh, economic circumstance and that is really when we we anticipate that that you know that that will be the the the, the real challenge for many of the haulage companies and their temporary staffing providers. And hopefully, it will be a levelling of the playing field at the same time. There's got to be a positive in it, and that is that those who survive will be the stronger, the fitter, the more um, reputable and compliant. And that should leave us coming out of that, going into calmer waters with a, a better, stronger, healthier market, albeit that there will be a lot of casualties on the way.
0: Certainly, going to be a very interesting time for the industry, as you rightly say, yeah, absolutely. there, And um, yeah. So, thinking more specifically about yourself and about Driver Acquired, just before we uh, do wrap mm-hmm. things up, then, uh, what do you envision yeah. over the next twelve to eighteen months for you and the business as the sector adapts to these new challenges?
1: Well, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, right now, it's all about being proactive. It's being, it's about you know cutting costs early. So that we don't end up in a situation where we regret having held on to too much cost, it's about managing our cash flows. It's about protecting that core business. We've been tempted um, to to trade with uh, some some very risky companies who are you know desperate for for our help, but will only give us 120 day terms. Um, highly risky private equity backed companies, and I've stayed clear of that, and and I've. Essentially, you know, uh, given up that opportunity for that business and watched my competitors pile in there. Um, what I'm doing is I'm just selecting very carefully customers who I know will be long-term partners, who are not out there to to use us as a bank and to profiteer from us, and um, and who won't abuse us. And at the same time, you know, we're working very hard on on uh, business development because by turning away those those so-called easy but highly risky customers. We, we therefore have to fight harder for other um, uh, reputable business, if you like. Um, so our strategy is one of protection. It's about keeping ourselves strong through till the middle of next year when we get into that clear water. And I want to come out in June next year with the capability, the agility, and and the resources to really power forward and to um, to take up. Those customers that have been abandoned by those that have essentially fallen by the wayside, and I also want us to be a real value generator for our clients. I want us to be able to to be known as um, an industry thought leader, a credible, value adding operator who who deserves the margin that they they charge. Who who basically are you know a, a partner to work with going forward.
0: So certainly, hopefully, is going to be exciting times for driver acquire, even amid all of the uncertainty in the uh, the marketplace. Uh, mm. here Kieran, over the next year or so, and given how yeah. informative it's been having you join us to discuss uh, these issues with us, I think it would be fantastic to catch up in future and have you back on the program in a few months' time, just to see just how things are shaping up, and also catch up on how things at the business are getting on behind the scenes as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely love to do that, and I'm sure things will have changed quite dramatically when we meet again.
0: Oh, of course. It's one thing speculating on what things might change, and it's another entirely actually looking back and assessing just what has happened. So I think it would be most insightful to have you join us again, certainly, Kieran. And it's been a real pleasure having you join us today, and I'm certain it would be so again. Um, Until we do speak in future, uh, most importantly, do continue to take care and stay safe, however, with all still going on, because although we're seeing a return to some form of normality, I think it's fair to say we're not out of the woods yet with the COVID-19 situation quite at this point.
1: That's right. Yeah, and we'll be launching our report, or let's say an updated version of our report, in the next week, um, which will be pushed out uh, through the various channels. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to, to seeing what feedback we get on that and creating a conversation around it.
0: And I think certainly it would be interesting to have a, um, a look at that and just see exactly what conclusions that it uh, draws towards as well.
1: Yes. Well, uh, essentially what we've just talked about in mm-hmm. terms of the, um, the, the challenges we face. But nevertheless, where there are challenges, there are always opportunities. And that's the thing to focus upon from our
0: perspective. Exactly. Even though it has been quite a challenging and quite a sensitive time for a great many people, there are going to be positives that come out of this. It has forced the hand of businesses to be flexible, adaptable and innovate. And those that do ultimately get through this crisis are going to have much more resilience and almost um, be better off for the experience of crisis management in a way, aren't they?
1: That's that's exactly our view. Uh, We see this as as an opportunity uh, and one where we can strengthen our partnerships and, and grow with it.
0: I was speaking there to Kieran Smith, CEO of Driver Require. Coming up next on today's programme, I'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with former England cricket skipper Sir Andrew Strauss. Um, During his playing days, Sir Andrew joined an illustrious club of just three England captains to have secured the ashes, both at home and away in Australia. He also racked up the second highest number of test victories for an England skipper in history. He today is the Director of Cricket for the England and Wales Cricket Board, a post he has taken up since retiring from playing. I hope that you enjoy listening, just as much as Jonathan relished the opportunity to speak with Sir Andrew himself, and all of that is coming up next.
2: Hello and welcome, I'm Jonathan White, and today we are joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team and former director of cricket at the ECB. Sir Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today.